This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Bottling everything up can be really bad for you in the long run and have some terrible consequences. And this isn't a conspiracy theory. The more you let things build up, the more of a toll it can take on your mental health. I know for me, in dealing with some traumatic events in my life, I had the tendency to think, well, they've already happened. I'm okay. Other people have it worse. It doesn't matter much. And through therapy, was really able to understand how those events impacted me and changed how I'd start to see the world in ways that weren't great and were sometimes making my life worse. So therapy or dealing with any traumatic events you've had might really help you in terms of how you can live in the present moment now. So if you want to give therapy a try, check out BetterHelp. It's entirely online, convenient, and flexible. It's also really easy to get started. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com conspiracy today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash conspiracy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're interested in crazy stories from the wild world of organized crime, scams, gangs, cartels, mafias, drug dealers, and everything fun like that, have we got a podcast for you. The Underworld Podcast is hosted by two conflict journalists, Danny Gold and Sean Williams, who have reported on all sorts of dangerous people in dangerous places. Every week, they bring you a new episode on international organized crime from a new corner of the globe. You can find the Underworld podcast on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Nineteen eighty, the population of the world sits at four point four billion and rising. As the doomsday clock's hand grew closer and closer to midnight, a mysterious granite monument was constructed in a grassy field just off of Highway 77 in Georgia. The ominous stones contained bold messages, proclamations carved into their sides that seemed to be instructions for humanity in a new age of reason. These instructions, comprised of 10 guidelines, contained edicts on everything from population control to broad legal systems. Much of what we know about the stones is shrouded in mystery. Everything from their purpose, to where the funding for their construction came from, to the very identity of the man who commissioned them. Were the stones a byproduct of the nuclear paranoia of the Cold War? Or could there be something more sinister behind their construction? Could the stones really be, as some believe, instructions left behind for a dormant future doomsday cult with a mission to ensure humanity's survival by killing off the rest of us?
Welcome to Conspiracy Theories, a ParCast original. I'm Carter Roy. And I'm Molly Brandenburg. Every Wednesday, we dig into the complicated stories behind the world's most controversial events and search for the truth. Neither one of us are conspiracy theorists. But we are open-minded, skeptical, and curious. Don't get us wrong. Sometimes the official version is the truth. But sometimes it's not. You can find episodes of Conspiracy Theories and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. To stream Conspiracy Theories for free on Spotify, just open the app, tap Browse, and type Conspiracy Theories in the search bar. At ParCast, we are grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. And if you enjoy today's episode, the best way to help us is to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening. It really does help. This is our second and final episode on the mystery of the Georgia Guidestones, a monument consisting of six slabs of granite built in Elbert County, Georgia in 1980. These stones sport 10 broad guidelines that claim to be rules for humanity in the age of reason. But after decades of speculation, we're still not entirely sure what the Guidestone's real purpose is. Last episode, we explored the stone's history and the bizarre story of R.C. Christian, the man who spent over one million in today's dollars to finance their construction. This week, we're going to examine some of the theories surrounding the stones. Theory number one. R.C. Christian belonged to a satanic offshoot of the New World Order, and the stones were intended as instructions for survivors following an apocalyptic event. Theory number two. R.C. Christian was connected to the Rosicrucian Order, and the stones are meant to spread the Order's values. Theory number three. R.C. Christian was a paranoid man with too much time and money who built the stones and then faded into obscurity, thus ensuring that there would never be a solid explanation for their existence. If you were to exit Highway 77 in Albert County to look at the Georgia Guidestones, your first thought might be that someone was trying to copy Stonehenge. Well, the Guidestones clearly take a note from that other mysterious monument located in England. Four massive slabs of granite are positioned in an X formation with a fifth slab resting on top and a sixth supporting it in the middle. But unlike Stonehenge, we know exactly when the Georgia Guidestones were built. We know who built them. What we don't know for sure is why they were built. The one man who could provide a definitive answer is R.C. Christian, the mysterious man who put up the money to build them. Asking the man, however, is much easier said than done. As we discussed in the last episode, R.C. Christian was a pseudonym, Wyatt Martin, the banker who helped Christian secure the funding for the stones, claims to be the only man who knew R.C. Christian's true identity. Martin claims that he has not heard from R.C. Christian since late 2001. Even so, he continues to abide by a legal agreement in which he promised to never reveal R.C. Christian's true identity. Without Wyatt's help, 
We have to look to the stones themselves to try and determine R.C. Christian's motivation. While the stones make an imposing figure, it's their inscriptions that bring them their notoriety. These ten instructions, or guidelines, are written in eight different languages. English, Spanish, Arabic, Russian, Chinese, Hebrew, Hindi, and Swahili. They read as follows. 1. Maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. 2. Guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. 3. Unite humanity with a living new language. 4. Rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. 5. Protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. 6. Let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. 7. Avoid petty laws and useless officials. 8. Balance personal rights with social duties. 9. Prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. 10. Be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. So, that's ominous on its own, but there's more. A tablet stands a few feet away from the monument. The inscriptions provide some basic data about the stones, including height, weight, and arrangement. But the other side of the tablet features this text. Astronomic features. 1. Channel through stone indicates celestial pole. 2. Horizontal slot indicates annual travel of sun. 3. Sunbeam through capstone marks noontime throughout the year. Author, R.C. Christian, a pseudonym. Sponsors, a small group of Americans who seek the age of reason. But the remainder of the inscription is seemingly unfinished. Where there should be dates, the stones are actually left blank. Time capsule placed six feet below this spot on blank to be opened on blank. There is no date to indicate when this alleged time capsule should be opened. This could mean a number of things. Most obviously, that the guide stones as they stand are not complete, and that it was always intended for more to be added to the inscription later. Well, if that's true, it seems likely that we'll never know what the intended purpose of the guide stones was, or if there was more to the message. But we can try to uncover the meaning by looking at the clues that have been left behind. Our first theory is that R.C. Christian was an agent of the New World Order, and his guide stones were intended to benefit the few survivors of an apocalyptic event. Consider the laundry list of things that have the potential to wipe out most or all of human existence. Natural disasters, nuclear weapons, climate change, super diseases. As rampant overpopulation increasingly strains our infrastructure, it's not totally unforeseeable that in the near future, an extinction-level event will lead to the eradication of humanity. But what if such an event wasn't the result of natural disasters? What if it was man-made? We've discussed the New World Order more than once on this podcast. 
it references a broad conspiracy about a cabal of elites who control most of the world governments and economies from the shadows. Most New World Order theories contest that the cabal's master plan is to trigger a doomsday scenario, one which will kill all but a select few humans who will then be tasked with repopulating the Earth according to strict guidelines. But are there really apocalyptic undertones to the guidelines themselves? Let's compare the inscriptions with the content of Common Sense Renewed, the book that R.C. Christian left behind when he disappeared. The first guideline on the stones calls for a population to be maintained at 500 million. Compared with the current world population of 7.7 billion, over 90% of living humans would have to die in order for this guideline to be met. So thus far, the guidelines seem rather in support of near total extinction. The second guideline calls for guided reproduction, which basically means humans should procreate based on preferred genetic matches rather than love. Christian expresses a similar sentiment in his book, writing, Reproduction can no longer be an individual decision given worldwide problems with overpopulation. This idea of selective breeding, pairing certain humans together to promote ideal traits or to do away with unwanted ones, can be traced to the horrific experiments carried out by Nazi scientists during World War II. And the Nazis are often seen as the root cause of the New World Order conspiracy. In fact, it was Hitler's regime that first popularized the concept of a new order, or a radical violent shift in population demographics. More than one thread of New World Order theories hold that the secret leadership is made up of Nazis or descendants of Nazis who escaped justice at the end of World War II and have since controlled world events from the shadows. When R.C. Christian said, guide reproduction wisely, was he really referencing Nazi eugenics? That's a bit of a jump to make. Let's look at what the other guidestones tell us. Instruction number three, unite humanity with a living new language, would seem to predict the downfall of traditional cultures and power structures. The monoculture that would arise in its place would unite all of us. Well, those that were left, anyway. Some proponents of the conspiracy also point to instruction number six, let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. The reference to a world court seems to indicate a ruling global organization, or a new world order. There certainly is a threatening way to read these guidelines, but there's another way to look at them that's much less ominous. The rules are focused on finding balance and harmony within human society, improving fitness and diversity, finding a common language, ruling fairly and justly, in the absence of some genocidal hidden agenda, these seem like laws we could stand to live by. Or it could be a shining example of the New World Order's favorite tactic, plausible deniability. Maybe that nefarious secret agenda is hidden in plain sight. Next, we'll look at the evidence that the Georgia Guidestones really do forewarn of something sinister. 
Now, back to the story. The most popular conspiracy regarding the Georgia Guidestones is that they're linked in some way to a shadowy New World Order. Proponents of this theory like to draw attention to the more drastic implications of the TED guidelines inscribed on the stones. The ones that seem to call for population control, selective breeding, and a singular global order. Even today, nearly four decades after the Guidestones were built, conspiracy theorists invoke the Ten Guidelines as proof that the secretive liberal elite is planning something. Again, this is a broad category of conspiracies, but the general assumption is that the elite secretly control the world's power structures and governments. These shadowy power players are planning an extinction that will eradicate most of the human race and allow them to rebuild the world in their image. This is a line of thinking that's popular across a lot of fringe conspiracy sites, and as you can imagine, there's little in terms of hard evidence to back it up. But these commentators like to invoke the Guidestones for two main reasons. The specific guidelines that seem to promote population control and the alleged time capsule buried near the stones. The fact that we don't know what's in this time capsule, or if it even is a time capsule at all, has given rise to the idea that whatever's buried is actually some kind of bomb or weapon that could usher in the apocalypse. This theory brings to mind our previous episode on the Denver airport. Some believe the time capsule buried to commemorate the airport's opening is actually a bioweapon meant to wipe out most of humanity. Unfortunately, there's no evidence that this is true. In the case of the Guidestones, though, there actually isn't any proof that anything is buried at the designated spot. In fact, the lack of a date on the stone may even point to the fact that a time capsule was intended to go there. But that plan never came to fruition. Until we excavate the site, we'll never know for sure what's buried under the Guidestones or if anything is buried there at all. But even if there isn't a doomsday-level bomb hidden under the topsoil in Elbert County, there may be another way for the New World Order to trigger an apocalypse. They just need some help from the Antichrist. We spoke in the last episode about how religious groups opposed the construction of the Guidestones and actively campaigned to prevent them from being built. Some of the more extreme personalities actually took to labeling the stones as the work of the Antichrist, a biblical figure prophesied to usher in the end of the world. In fact, some of the more recent vandalism of the Guidestones seems to assert that they are indeed guideposts to the Antichrist. As recently as 2008, the Guidestones have been defaced with messages reading, Death to the New World Order. You will not succeed, and Jesus will beat you. Four decades of discussion about the possible sinister motivation behind the Guidestones makes it difficult to track the genesis of these theories. But it seems that the religious outcry during their construction may have been what gave rise to the New World Order conspiracies in the first place. 
New World Order rhetoric often equates the masterminds behind the supposed cabal with monsters, aliens, or devils. There's a clear battle line drawn in these conspiracies. The good-natured masses versus the evil, corrupt schemers who are bent on world domination. A lot of this rhetoric invokes Christianity. These good-natured masses are often inferred to be the good Christian population that stands in opposition to the godless, evil elite. The Guidestones obviously stand as a reference to Stonehenge, which was itself suspected to be a Druidic monument. This is what led Christian opposers to decry the pagan monument being built in their community. The Ten Guidelines were also seen as being in opposition to the Ten Commandments, as if the Guidestones were being built to draw people away from Christian teachings. Reverend James Travenstead, who protested when the Guidestones were first unveiled in 1980, specifically pointed to their reference to unity as indicative of an anti-Christian message. Unity, in this context, was seen as promoting a monoculture, one that did away with Christianity and brought all people together under a single faith. In Travenstead's own words, look what it says about the unity of the world, especially with the world court. That's where the Antichrist will unite the governments of the world under his power, the power of the devil. I think they will find this monument is for sun worshipers, for cult worship and devil worship. Now, there's some, or a lot, of reading between the lines here. And there's one key thing to consider when discussing this supposed anti-Christian messaging. Because of the focus on the good Christian masses and the evil non-Christian elite, New World Order conspiracies, much like the ethnic cleansing rhetoric we discussed earlier, are generally considered to be based in anti-Semitism. It's hard to say whether these references to the shadowy elite and the Antichrist are proof of something nefarious in the monument itself or proof of buried prejudice in its viewers. Well, beyond that, without any real proof that the Guidestones were originally intended as anti-Christian totems, this entire theory sort of falls apart. And if there's no definitive evidence to connect the Guidestones to the Antichrist, there's also no evidence connecting them to the New World Order or any sort of doomsday plan. Consider the remaining guidestones that have less ominous undertones. Protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Balance personal rights with social duties. Prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite, and leave room for nature. Well, these don't read like the tenets of a group intending to bring about doomsday. Of course, the biggest argument against this theory is the same one that presides over all New World Order theories. Why on Earth would a secret society with plans to wipe out the Earth's population build a monument that might give away their plan? Assuming that there's some kind of contingency plan to ensure the human race's survival, one would imagine that the survivors had other means of remembering that plan that didn't include exorbitantly priced slabs of rock. But the catch with the New World Order theories is that when you're looking at people who, quote, control everything, every single counter-argument can be labeled as intentional misinformation. 
Or maybe, despite all the questions surrounding his identity, R.C. Christian can actually be taken at his word when he wrote, we have no mysterious purpose or ulterior motive. Overall, this is one of those conspiracies that seems to exist entirely due to circumstantial evidence and the efforts of a vocal minority. This theory gets a 2 out of 10. Yes, there is some language in the inscriptions that you could argue has something to do with a doomsday conspiracy. But there's also a wealth of evidence that supports the counter-argument. R.C. Christian had no professed connection to Satanism, planned apocalypse, Nazis, or the New World Order. But that doesn't mean that he wasn't involved in some form of secret society. Our next theory is that R.C. Christian was connected to the Rosicrucians and that the Guidestones implemented tenets from the Order of the Rosy Cross. The Rosicrucians were a fabled order of mystics and wise men who came to fame in the 17th century during the Renaissance. They are associated with new schools of thought, spirituality, and mysticism, which stood in opposition to the Christian establishment in Europe at the time. While their official doctrine is somewhat dense, they generally supported a practice that combined mystic cultural practices from around the world with modern science in an attempt to help mankind evolve intellectually. The Rosicrucians seemed to follow a creed that was in line with Enlightenment thinking, pursuing knowledge across multiple fields as a means to better understand the world and thus become more in harmony with nature. The Rosicrucian movement gained prominence during the 17th century due to a series of anonymous manifestos. These pamphlets hinted at an exclusive secret society of scholars and scientists who sought to transform Europe across the fields of art, culture, science, religion, and government. This theory is not unlike the New World Order theory in that it hints at the existence of a secret, powerful society controlling world events from the shadows, except in this case, the society didn't have eyes on destroying the world. The key connection between the Rosicrucians and the Georgia Guidestones is a specific phrase, the Age of Reason. Rosicrucian pamphlets would reference an age of reason in their texts. And, as we've said, the companion stone to the Guidestones claims that the monument was sponsored by Americans seeking an age of reason. The connection between the two is sealed by the book The Age of Reason by philosopher Thomas Paine. Paine also wrote Common Sense, a popular 18th century pamphlet arguing for American independence during the Revolutionary War. R.C. Christian name-checked this pamphlet in his own book, Common Sense Renewed. Thomas Paine is name-checked in histories of Rosicrucians as well. The existing chapter of the order today, the ancient mystical order Rosicrucius, claims that Paine was among a handful of early American figures to be a part of Rosicrucian communities established in America during the 18th century. The connecting threads go deeper. The Rosicrucian texts from the 17th century named the leader of the movement as Christian Rosenkreutz. This name, while likely a pseudonym, is somewhat similar to the other main pseudonym in this story, 
R.C. Christian. And furthermore, the Rosicrucians would often refer to themselves as the Brotherhood of R.C. R.C., in this case, stood for Rosy Cross. The Rosy Cross was a golden cross with a rose fixed in the apex, meant to symbolize the Brotherhood's mission to combine the mythical with the scientific. Considering the content of the inscriptions on the Georgia Guidestones, it's fitting that R.C. Christian would choose this abbreviation for his pseudonym. The mission statement on the Rosi Crucis website reads, In the 21st century, we feel strongly that our teaching and beliefs will play an increasingly important role in humanity's evolution. With fast-paced technological advancement and its effects upon the environment and the human psyche, people researching for an inner, ever-reliable source of strength and balance, perhaps now more than ever, we are reaching out for understanding, for mystical illumination, for spiritual guidance, for harmony and peace. So there seems to be something of an ideological connection between Rosicrucianism and the guidelines on the stones. And yes, the name R.C. Christian may be a reference to the Rosy Cross. But as was the case with the New World Order, the biggest connection between the guide stones and this theory comes from a pundit. In this case, filmmaker and former radio commentator Jay Widener. Widener contends that since their initial rise in the 17th century, the Rosicrucians have been analyzing the solar cycle. They have determined that every 13,000 years, ejections will fall from the sky and destroy most of the Earth. This, in turn, will massively reduce the population. Thus, the Guidestones are intended for those few that are left. This would be a somewhat more optimistic theory than the man-made apocalypse of the New World Order theory. But we still come upon the same problem. Without any word from R.C. Christian himself, we can only guess that he was implementing Rosicrucian doctrine in the stones. Unlike the New World Order, the Rosicrucians' aim seems generally positive, So there's no clear reason why R.C. Christian wouldn't admit the ties to Rosicrucianism, unless there were none. Well, this theory doesn't get any more than a 5 out of 10. While there is a lot to consider in terms of circumstantial connections, we're still missing that vital piece of information that confirms the link. So, if R.C. Christian wasn't involved in some deeper society, what was he hoping to accomplish? Next, the final and most likely theory about the meaning behind the Georgia Guidestones. Now, back to the story. Our final theory is that R.C. Christian was not acting out the agenda of any secret society, but was rather seeking to raise concerns about the direction humanity was going in. This theory largely rests on the still unknown identity of the man himself. Last week, we discussed the theory that R.C. Christian wasn't exactly a pseudonym. The mysterious man never existed at all. The whole story was actually the invention of someone in Elbert County having a laugh. Some accused Joe Fenley, 
owner of the Elberton Granite Finishing Company, of inventing R.C. Christian as part of an elaborate prank. The meaning behind this prank isn't entirely clear, unless he just wanted to cause a controversy. Or perhaps he saw the massive granite monument as potential advertising for his business. Gary Jones, publisher of the Elberton Star, said, I can tell you there are a lot of people in the granite industry who believe to this day that Joe Fenley is having a big chuckle at all of us from way up there in that big granite monument in the sky. Most all of them think old Joe pulled off the guidestones as a publicity stunt. But Gary Jones goes on to poke holes in this theory, claiming, I don't think Joe could have written that book. That book, you may recall, was Common Sense Renewed, authored by one R.C. Christian. So, maybe someone a bit more cosmopolitan was the face behind the name. One other common theory is that R.C. Christian was, in fact, billionaire Ted Turner, founder of TBS and CNN. Turner, whose career began with his father's billboard business, has grown his interest to include cable news, sports team ownership, and philanthropy. Well, notably, Turner is vocal about environmental issues and has donated hundreds of millions to global environmental causes. He even published his own 11 voluntary initiatives to follow in support of environmental causes as an alternative to the Ten Commandments. These commandments emphasize reducing one's carbon footprint, donating to those less fortunate, and, oddly enough, supporting the United Nations and its efforts to collectively improve the conditions of the planet. So the key connection here would be the Guidestone's insistence on environmental preservation and its hints at an international ruling body. But we once again come to the same problem the circumstantial nature of the evidence. Beyond a common interest in the environment, there's nothing at all linking Ted Turner to R.C. Christian. Furthermore, Wyatt Martin, the only person who actually knows R.C. Christian's identity, claims that neither Turner nor Joe Fenley is, in fact, R.C. Christian. That should squarely put both these theories at a zero out of 10. So, Where does that leave us? Perhaps the answer, the real answer, is to take the guidelines a little less literally than these theorists have. Consider the global political climate in 1979, when the stones were first commissioned. The Cold War endured, and Americans were being warned every single day about the possible threat of nuclear weapons. With the controversy of the Vietnam War, Watergate, and the subsequent Nixon resignation, it seems possible that R.C. Christian wasn't necessarily aware of some coming apocalypse. Rather, he was terrified of the possibility of one. He used his wealth to create the stones as part of a drastic attempt to remind the world of what it stands to lose. When you look at the geographic factors, The Guidestones actually seem strategically placed to survive an apocalyptic weather event. They are far away from oceans and would endure rising sea levels. Their position atop a hill makes them easily visible from a far-off distance. 
The arrangement of the stones even allows them to act as a kind of sundial, a primitive clock that a post-apocalyptic civilization could build itself around, if it was so inclined. As for that first guideline, maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. What if R.C. Christian wasn't advocating for a culling of the human race, as the New World Order theory implies? What if he was assuming that the Earth was barreling toward a cataclysm, and his instruction was intended to be read as written? Maintain humanity, not reduce humanity to, or permit no more than. The word choice of maintain could imply that R.C. Christian assumed most of the world's population would be long gone by the time people started actually following the guidelines. This final theory, that R.C. Christian was just a man with no ulterior motive, beyond raising awareness of issues about the fate of humanity and the world, gets an 8 out of 10. It's the lack of a clear motive or ulterior agenda that really lends its support to this one. The other theories about Christian's involvement in some kind of secret society ultimately fall apart due to a lack of a real central connective tissue. On further examination, those theories are more of a hodgepodge of coincidences rather than anything truly meaningful. Which leaves us with the most likely theory. R.C. Christian was an eccentric millionaire, and his antics created a conspiracy about new world orders and secret societies that carries on to this day. And as long as we don't know who R.C. Christian really was, it seems unlikely that we'll get closer to knowing the truth. To the best of our knowledge, Wyatt Martin is still alive today. At 88 years old, he still gets questions about the Georgia Guidestones and the real identity of R.C. Christian. He has heard the theories we've discussed today, linking the Georgia Guidestones to the New World Order and the Rosicrucian theory. In response, he has said, that sort of thing makes me want to tell people everything I know. But I can't tell. I made a promise. So long as Wyatt commits to this secrecy, it seems less and less likely that we'll know the true identity of R.C. Christian with every passing year. Perhaps the answer is much simpler than these theories would indicate. R.C. Christian was a man of means and wanted to use his money to raise awareness about the kind of world he feared we were on the cusp of becoming. Perhaps the stones are a byproduct of the ramblings of an esoteric rich man, and the only meaning behind them is that there is no meaning. Ironically, what seems most plausible is that R.C. Christian used a pseudonym in order to keep the focus on the stones, rather than the man who built them. But in doing so, he created a mystery that has come to define the stones, directing the narrative towards secrets and ill intents, rather than the humanistic idea that likely inspired them in the first place. We have no idea who R.C. Christian was, and thus, we will likely never know the real inspiration for the stones. Elberton, Georgia claims to be the granite capital of the world. While data doesn't exactly support this, the town does serve as a focal point of the United States granite industry. 
And the Georgia Guidestones stand tall, not just as a monument to R.C. Christian's unknown agenda, but to the town's granite construction abilities. R.C. Christian claimed that he wanted to help mankind achieve unity. And maybe, to those that go to the Guidestones and come away inspired to seek a greater harmony with nature and with each other, he achieved that to some degree. Thanks for tuning in to Conspiracy Theories. We'll be back Wednesday with a new episode. You can find all episodes of Conspiracy Theories and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Conspiracy Theories, for free, from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Conspiracy Theories on Spotify, just open the app, tap Browse, and type Conspiracy Theories in the search bar. Until then, remember, the truth isn't always the best story. And the official story isn't always the truth. Conspiracy Theories was created by Max Cutler, is a production of Cutler Media, and is part of the Parcast Network. It is produced by Max and Ron Cutler, sound designed by Dick Schroeder, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Paul Mahler, Maggie Admire, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Conspiracy Theories was written by Monisha Dadlani and stars Molly Brandenburg and Carter Roy. 